The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Anna Gasser is an Olympic champion snowboarder from Austria. She took up snowboarding aged 18 after training as a gymnast. And just a few years later, she was at the Olympics competing in slope style in 2014. She qualified in first place, but a fall saw her podium chances diminish. Four years later, she was back and she was one of the big favourites and managed to win an Olympic gold medal in big air at Pyeongchang 2018. Now aged 30, she goes into this Olympic cycle as one of the most thoughtful, inspiring and downright dazzling athletes in competition. Ash Tullock spoke to her about mentality, her biggest fears, Simone Biles and her dream dinner party. Olympic Channel Podcast. Well, hey, Anna, so good to see you. I feel like since I've last spoken to you, so much has changed, but at the same time, so much hasn't changed. Um, you are still an Olympic champion. We are still counting down for Beijing 2022. Uh, but give me, give me an update. How are you? Thank you. I'm very well. Uh, yeah, Olympics are coming up fast. I can't believe it's, it's, it's this year. Like, I feel like the last, the last couple of years just flew by, kind of like can't believe that in this February we're going, it's happening. But I'm, I'm doing very well, training is going well, I'm healthy and I'm excited for the season. How does it feel in this kind of last part of the preparation? Because I know the last time I spoke to you, you said that, you know, Beijing was probably going to be your last Olympics. So how does that, I guess, fuel and add to everything else? When you're, when you're trying to prepare for such a big event? Um, I feel like it's extra motivation and you can you feel that extra motivation by everyone on the mountain. It's, it's hard to plan in snowboarding or like in freestyle in general, like, so I'm trying to take it week by week and just trying to stay healthy and do my best. But yeah, I for sure feel like extra motivated for the season and that I'm extra excited for the competition and of course for going to the Olympics. When you think about the Olympics at the moment, are you having nightmares or dreams? Both a little bit. So my, my last Olympics, I, I have to say it was more nightmares because I felt so much pressure going to Korea because I was such a big favorite to win. Like every event going to Korea or before going to Korea, I was winning and I had big expectations in myself and all other people had big expectations in me. So I always, I was so nervous. I really wanted to perform good there. And this year I'm a little more relaxed because I feel like more experienced and I feel also there like the progression in the sport has been so big. So there are so many girls that are on a high level right now. So I know everything has to be right. Like it's kind of funny that I feel like less nervous because there are more good girls now or because the level is higher now. Like it makes not a lot of sense, but yeah. But for me, like being, a favorite was so much pressure, so not being like, I, I feel like I still want to medal there, but I don't think I'm, I'm the same big favorite than four years ago. Why do you think, why do you think that is? Because um, there's so many amazing young girls coming up doing these amazing tricks like Zoe or the Japanese girls, Jamie is still in there. 
And I feel like out of those girls, everyone is going to fight for gold. And the last Olympics, I thought like I'm losing gold if I don't win. So now I feel like I'm fighting for gold. And four years ago, it was like I can only lose pretty much. It's interesting you say that because I've actually heard other athletes talk about that before, that, you, that some people feel like you win gold uh, or you lose gold if you get anything else. Do, have you spent much time, I guess, working on your mindset and your mental sort of focus and your mental well-being as you prepare for this Games? Um, no, not really. I never really had mental training. I always was pretty good in handling pressure. I feel like the biggest task was the last Olympics because that was like the most pressure I ever felt. So maybe that's why I'm more relaxed now and, and like also learn from that experience and going a little more relaxed in this year. I wanted it so bad four years ago that not winning there would have been such a big loss. And now I feel like I can enjoy the whole process more. I, I'm like, I, I love snowboarding right now. I have so much fun on the mountain. I enjoy learning new tricks. I, I even enjoy the, ner the nerves before the competition. So I feel like before then it was more learning and now it's more enjoying. But of course, I still want to go there and do good and hopefully fight for a gold medal there. Like I'm still, I still have the same goal. I'm just doing it a little different. I love that. I feel like that almost represents maybe some of your own personal growth and your development, not just as a snowboarder, but as a human over the last few years. Would you agree? Yes, I think so. I, I feel like all your experiences make you grow so much. And it's especially the ones that don't go your way or the injuries. Those are those experiences you even learn more about yourself and that make you grow more. So what is, what is your biggest challenge to doing that? What is the biggest obstacle that you think you need to overcome in order to put down the biggest tricks to, to have that, that run? Um, I feel like on that day, just everything has to be right, like conditions, but also your own, your own mental game has to be right and your own preparation has to be right. It's like with the Olympics, I feel like the hardest thing is to be ready on the day X for this like it's only a minute run or like it's only a 10 second trick but you have to be ready on on that day x and i almost feel like sometimes it's a little bit of luck too like you can prepare as much as you want but you need that little bit of extra luck on your side too is there anything that you do to i guess um I to take that luck with you, you know, I mean, that might sound a bit strange, but is there anything that you do that you think, you know, helps take good vibes, good energy, good luck with you? Do you know what I mean? To kind of create that. that yeah, to spirit. create that mental state too. Like you need to believe that it's your lucky day too, a little bit to make it your lucky day. Um, yeah, of course, like I feel like being perfectly prepared is already giving you some confidence to believe that it's your day too. And then the only little things I have, I have some lucky charms from friends and my mom. And especially in big competitions, I always, I always wear my mom's lucky charms. So for the Olympics, I hopefully get an, a new one for extra luck. <laughs> Where do you put them? Do you wear it like as a bracelet or do you put it in your pocket? 
Um, I wear them as a bracelet, but also uh, I always have a protection angel. It's more like about the people that give it to me. The meaning is more from the people than like if I would buy them and put it around. Yeah, no, of course, because I guess it helps you feel like they're with you. And and that's so important this time around because you're not going to have your family there. Um, how are you, I guess, mentally prepared for the fact that your support network physically is going to be a bit smaller at this next Olympics? Yeah, of course. I'm a little bit, a little sad that there are no visitors and that my parents can come. But also I'm really used to my parents not being at competitions. And I was so like, I was so lucky that I had them at Korea. Like it was so, it was such a great moment to, sh to share with them. So I feel like I, I got that moment already with my parents. And next one, I'm going to be for sure online connected. And I know they are there with me with my lucky charms and with my heart. But I, I think I'm going to be all right. What is it like um, for your parents? Do, do, do they, how do they cope with the fact that they are watching you do this crazy thing because I respect entirely that you're a professional, that you've been doing this, well, you've been doing it for a while, but maybe not as, you picked it up a lot later in life than other people did. But, you know, as a parent, um, it must be petrifying for them. What kind of things <laughs> do they sort of say to you to try and, I guess, make sure you know that they're watching and that they're really hoping that you can come off the mountain in one piece? <laughs> yeah, um my mom is pretty nervous. I, I don't think she actually can watch, like she cannot watch it on TV or like she always turns around and waits till I'm already landed or till the run is over. My dad is a little more relaxed with watching. Um, but yeah, it, it's not easy for them, I think. Like, I don't know if my dad is as cool as he acts because he's like, he doesn't seem to be faced, but my mom is, is really nervous and also worried about me. Like if I call her in the middle of the day, the first question she asks me is if I'm all right. She's like, are you injured? Are you all right? Because she knows I'm on the mountain and like something could have happened. So I, I honestly, I think for parents, it's not that easy if your daughter or your kid is doing a quite dangerous, dangerous sport where things can happen. And yeah. They've been with me with a lot of injuries already, so I fully understand that they are worried sometimes. What do you tell them to, I guess, ease their nerves? I tell them that I'm, I'm actually like, it seems, some of the stuff I'm doing is, seems crazy, but it's, I'm actually a very calculated person. Like, I'm really trying to like pick my battles and like find the right time to do my tricks and prepare as much as I can. Over the last couple of years, my mom actually said that she found a lot of, like, that she trusts me with what I'm doing, with the decisions I'm making. Little, little ex expectations here and there when, like, of course, everyone has some crazy moments. But I feel like over the years, they started to trust my decisions, that they kind of learned that I'm actually calculated and not just crazy. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That, that must be a nice part of your relationship because... You know, growing up, you have an interesting relationship with your parents. They're always your parents. Uh, well, mine, mine were always sort of like these older people. And then all of a sudden, they kind of become your friends. Um, and that's kind of nice, I think. It is nice. But on the other hand, my mom, like, she's always going to be my mom. I just was home for a couple of days of rest. 
And when I left, she was like, make sure you drive slow, you drive safe. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it didn't change as much as I would think it changed. Yeah. I think when most people watch snowboarding, there's, there's very much um, a look of, well, I would describe the athletes as being courageous and fearless and and very focused and I think it's fair to say hopefully you agree that those are things that snowboarders need they need to be courageous they need to be or have some element of being fearless and they need to be focused but I, I'm intrigued to know like what would you say are the attributes within you that makes you a good snowboarder? I think one big one is maybe determined because like you fall down so many times, but you have to keep like you have to get back back up and keep going. And maybe people don't see that in our posts on social media. It takes a lot, a lot of time to land those tricks and it takes falls and it takes to be up there the next day again and try again. So I think one or I think like most pro snowboarders have to be pretty determined or most pro athletes because they really want have to want it. And also, you have to want it bad enough that, yeah, maybe you're going to risk risk really, really hurting yourself or, or risk missing out on other things in life that other people get to do. I guess those are sacrifices that you, you feel are worth it. I feel like you have to be passionate about what you're doing. It's actually pretty crazy that every time I get hurt and like I can be in so much pain, the first thing I think about is when I can snowboard again. So that's a that's a sign that like you you love it like it's it's a part of you and you don't think about the hours of training or you don't think about the injuries it's because you love the sport so much. I hope this doesn't sound rude, but would you almost call it like an addiction? <laughs> it for yeah yeah it could be also of course like it, it it has a certain rush to it the whole thing like being scared having a little fear and then overcoming that. The feeling you have after learning a new trick is one of the best feelings. Or the feeling you have after overcoming something you're scared of, it's like a really special feeling and I think it can make you a little bit addicted. You mentioned the word scared just then. What, I, I, I wonder like what does scare you? Well, I, I feel like my biggest scare is, is getting injured and not the pain, more like missing out like being not able to compete or being with my friends or being on my board like that's probably one of my bigger my biggest fears like just not being able to do it and yeah when you do a new trick sometimes you you feel those butterflies in your stomach that not just nerves but maybe you're also a little scared of doing something and i think it's part of the game it's like it's also good because it shows you respect you respect what you're doing and you think about what you're doing if you don't have these butterflies before doing something new or something like a little dangerous then you know like something's wrong <laughs> i love that i mean it's interesting that feeling of butterflies because i guess some people enjoy it and some people uh don't enjoy it right i have to say the butterflies before a competition they are like I also, I'm not the biggest fan of them because 
you feel your nerves and as soon as I drop in and those butterflies go away and then after it's such a good feeling after you're done with the run it's a good feeling and the butterflies make you fo like at least me I'm focused more when I have the butterflies and when I have the nerves I all almost say I need them because otherwise I fall like I need to have the certain pressure in my body to perform good those competitions where I don't have the butterflies I don't care as much and those are the ones I didn't land so far so I, I when I don't have the butterflies now after because we have two runs or three runs sometimes and it can happen that you land your first run and then you're like more loose or you're not in the same atmosphere anymore than before your first run I'm trying to get back into that I'm trying to get the butterflies back because I know that's how I know that I'm ready to do my next run Hey, just quickly, how much gymnastics are you doing at the moment? Are you doing anything or are you kind of st staying away from it? Does it help your snowboarding? Because the Instagram videos are cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, I want to do more, but yeah. I haven't been in a gymnastic hall in forever. But yeah, me and my sister do the acro, acro yoga thing still. We have so much fun doing that. But yeah, I, I want to do more, but I haven't. Like little, I had a little uh, wrist injury last year, so I couldn't do handstands, which has been not that good for my gymnastics because I couldn't do handstand for the whole six months or something. And then this summer I, I started again to do some acro with my sister. And I still got the backflip, the standing backflip. So I still got some skills, but I'm for sure, like I, I want to do more. Does it actually help? Like, do you think that it, it helps you with your snowboarding? Um, I feel like it's a really good workout. You have to be so strong. Like even a handstand is so much strength training because it's your shoulders, it's your core. It's like your back, you have to be so strong. So I really love to do it as a workout. When I was a kid, it really helped me with like the air awareness that I knew where I was in the air. But because I don't do that many crazy flips anymore without a snowboard, now I think it, I use it more as a like training. It's interesting you say that because you can probably relate to what Simone Biles went through. They they coined it the twisties, um, and Laurie Hernandez was talking about it. She actually said that she'd never heard it referred to as the twisties until they got to the Olympics. They just referred to it as being lost in the air. Is that something that you can kind of relate to even with snowboarding? Um. Yes. Like I really could relate to that because for me, the scariest thing ever to happen to me is getting lost in air. And sometimes it's happening when you don't know where the ground and the air is. It's, it's, it's like losing control and you can't do anything. Like I'm, that's the most scared I am when I'm snowboarding that I lose control in the air. So it really was like, I was feeling with her really like the whole time in Tokyo. I was like, oh my God, this must be the worst. Like for me, at least I, I feel like snowboarders lose tricks. So it happens that they don't know where they are in the air anymore and then you lose the trick. But then you still have other tricks that you can do where you still know where you are. Or you can have kind of a, a blockade where you like, you want to do it, but your body doesn't want to do it. Like, or like your body knows how to do it, but your mind, it, it, it's so connected. Like your physical and mental 
mental state it's so connected and it really has to work together like I feel I'm, I'm so happy that Simone brought that to a point how important it is that your brain works with your body like it's your body alone cannot do the trick it also has to be your head I want you to imagine that you are hosting a dinner party uh, you don't have to cook but you get to invite uh, three people which three people would you invite to your dinner and why oh that's a really hard question can the people be dead and i can bring them back yeah that would be amazing i would bring back one one friend of mine one old friend of mine that died a couple of years ago because i just would love to see her again and yeah. then what was her name it was gerda and she was kind of like my aunt not not biological but like kind of growing up with her so that i would bring her back for dinner because she always said i should snowboard and she never saw me actually become really good so it would be really nice to tell her because she was <laughs> always supporting that dream and even before i was good so yeah i would love to bring like a celebrity that i like i would it's love your dinner to, i would love to have dinner with rihanna <laughs> Or Beyonce, because <laughs> they're so strong powerhouses. And I actually, you know, who am I really big fan of? I really like Simone Biles, like, because I did gymnastics as a kid, and I always, yeah, I always was watching her like career, and then also was like following the story at the last Olympics and full fangirl. Like one time, saw her at an event, and was like was too scared to go over and ask for a picture so it would be really great to have dinner with her <laughs> all right hey look thank you so much for your time we so appreciate it we'll speak to you soon bye, it was guys. fun thank you bye olympic, olympic channel, channel podcast, podcast. Big thanks to Anna and also to Ashley. Go and give Anna a follow. She is just Anna Gasser Snow on Instagram. Ash is Ash underscore Tullock on Instagram as well. We are Olympics across all socials. Okay, that's it for now. Stay safe, stronger together, and see you very soon. Think like an Olympian.